This is Susie Thorpe. Cambridge 105 Radio. I caught up yesterday with John Gaskell, consumer rights campaigner. Now, he's had some terrible experience of buying a house with his wife in Whittlesford in 2019. Battles with developers to sorting outstanding problems post-moving in. He's had all sorts of problems, so much so it's led to him setting up a website and a campaign group called Home Buyers Fight Back in February this year. I caught up with him yesterday and asked him why all this began i mean i was i was very shocked by what i'd found and it was clear from further investigations that this was something that was not just particular and peculiar to my situation but was something that seemed to be a systemic problem um so i had i was aware that from press comment prior to, to actually buying this house that there was some pretty poor stories from the big commercial house builders where the workmanship had been generally shoddy, if not worse. And so consequently, I, I did a lot of research and decided not to buy a property from a big commercial builder and uh, elected to buy it from somebody that was actually owned the development arm of a prominent local charity who you know, claimed to be an ethical builder that can be relied, developer that can be relied upon. And it was a social impact investment. So the profits from their open market sales are being channeled into the CHS group to help subsidise and fund social housing. So uh, it was also the, the builder who had a good reputation and indeed do work on Trinity College, Cambridge. So I kind of thought I'd done my due diligence, um, had gone for somebody that was not in the mainstream, that I was socially conscious and wanted the profits to go for good, good use. And, and was absolutely shocked to find that actually, you know, it really didn't meet any reasonable expectations. Uh, I had a snagging surveyor come in prior to exchange of contracts who found around about 110 snags and defects, which were uh, admittedly nothing substantial, but nonetheless kind of showed a, a standard of shoddy work. And then when I had a conversation with the snagger, he said, well, actually, the, the average that he found was about 160. Um, so it was almost as if he was saying you should consider yourself lucky that you've got something that isn't as bad as the generality, which is, you know, it's a... Are we talking generally? Statement. Are we talking generally about house building? Or his yeah. co his comment was more was more a general comment about house builders in yes. general. So yes, yeah, so the the thing that I gleaned from talking to the original snagger was that the the standards in the new build sector were generally poor, as evidenced that he found around 160 issues on average in new build properties. <clears throat> so um, that to me was quite a shocking revelation. Uh, and it's something that, you know, if you went off and bought a new car or a fridge or a, a computer, you'd be quite horrified to find that the standard was, was a substandard standard and it was the least of the worst. Um, so when I went back to the developer and pointed this out, he, the developer was, was clearly not happy with it and were, were, was very unhappy with the builder they'd used. So we came to an arrangement and they agreed to put those things right prior to completion, uh, which they generally did. Um, so they put around 105 of those right. But of course, the problems that the deepest seated problems arose when I moved into the property and you start to find these things out. 
so for it, just to illustrate the point, we found that we couldn't get the house to warm up properly and it's got underfloor heating downstairs and radiators upstairs. So we had part of the house which became known as the Arctic Zone, and bearing in mind that we moved in in, in September, October, it was getting quite chilly. Um, and eventually, after having been sent from pillar to post, I had to become my own expert, really, and employ independent people to undertake some deep-seated investigations using thermal image cameras. And we found that in part of the house, they hadn't even fitted the underfloor pipes. So not surprising that the, the downstairs WC area and hallway was very cold. We we're also told that they hadn't wired things properly and that there'd been some components missed, which is why we couldn't get the thing to program. And eventually, after a torturous struggle, I then also found that they fitted the wrong carpets and underlay, which was acting as an inhibitor and was preventing um, some of the heat coming up into the rooms downstairs. And, and eventually, as I say, through using my own due diligence and having to become almost a, an amateur expert, um, I got the developer to agree to pay market-based compensation to have these things put right. When we're sitting in our cold room over Christmas, our cold house over Christmas, the toilet, seat fell, toilet seats fell off, the toilet didn't work properly. We then thought, well, at least we can sit down in our cold room and watch our new spanking new nice television but that didn't work properly and we found that's because they hadn't put the wires in the wall so we couldn't even watch tv and rather than have people around for new year we actually went on holiday um and we we went away for two weeks just to to get over the experience um, john this sounds absolutely uh, very very upsetting and astonishing and that you you buy a house and within weeks or months you discover these things that are wrong i mean this is this is someone's this is a homeowner's nightmare isn't it when you when you walk into a house that you've bought and paid for what were your feelings at the time when when this was all happening and you were putting more work in than you ever thought you'd have to yeah i mean it was a mixture of emotions it was dis distress depression anger disappointment wishing that we'd never never actually entertained buying a house from a developer that we thought was a socially conscious and uh, reliable developer that was going to be you know different from the mainstream so we we had i went to meet the chief executive in february 2020 after we started to discover some of these deeper seated issues and said look you know quite frankly i'm my wife is really really dis distressed i'm extremely depressed and feel responsible and what are you going to do about it? You know, because this was a kind of handing the keys back moment. Um, and the developer and his co-director, head of sales and development, said, yeah, yeah we're clearly we're very sorry about this and we'll stand behind the integrity of the property and, and put things right for you. But really what ensued was it was a torturous battle. And so even though I got some agreements, uh, written agreements to get compensation, I had to use the small claims court um, on two occasions to actually get them to, to pay over the money that was due. And they, they now actually have a county court judgment against them because they just didn't get the money to me as they promised. So that led me to, to try and think, well, I can, I can either get extremely miserable um, and downtrodden, or I can try and do something about it and talk to other people that might have had similar issues. So I, I managed through LinkedIn to engage with somebody called Oliver Colville, 
who is the former Conservative MP for uh, Plymouth, as it happens. But Oliver chaired the all-parliamentary party working group that investigated and reported back to Parliament on the dysfunctionality of the new build sector. And when I looked through his report and had discussions with him, it was clear that this was a systemic problem. And there, there were people that were in a much, much worse situation than me. And mine was bad enough. So I set up Home Buyers Flight Back to try and bring together uh, people that had had similar issues and reported the situation to my local MP, Anthony Brown, who has been extremely supportive and wrote to the chief exec uh, of the developer. Um, uh, Daniel Zeichner, who's uh, Labour MP for Cambridge, was also very supportive. So, so we had a, a group of politicians uh, backed up by expert opinion that I brought in to say this, this frankly isn't good enough. And the developer then said, yeah, you know, we, will, we will play ball and asked me to get uh, quotations in after I'd found that the pathways and the driveway outside the property hadn't been laid properly. So I got another independent expert in. There was some surface water drainage problems. So water was going back into the garage. And long story short, I found that they'd built the garage level 100 millimetres lower than it should be. The pathways and driveway hadn't been made properly and there was surface water drainage issues all over the show. So I had a meeting with um, the director who came to a property in September, along with the builder uh, and the developer. And I, I even had the email uh, on the 17th of August, promised that he would put things right and asked me to get quotations from independent contractors because one, I clearly lost confidence in the builder and secondly, we'd actually had a poor experience from one of their workmen who came round to our house. The building regulations when the houses are being built, did you did you have any opening there? With because, yeah, that's another revelation. So when I started to to dig into this and had conversations with surveyors, snagging experts, and 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 looked talked to Anthony Colville and looked in the report. What became very apparent was that there are a number of issues is that firstly, building control was contracted out in the 2010 uh, building um, regulations, uh, Housing Act. Uh, and so consequently, local authorities uh, lost a lot of control. So the old clerk of the works who would go in independently and go through things in detail and, and force things to be done uh, to a much better standard that's been now contracted out to independence, and that seems to be a problem. Another issue was self-certification by contractors. So uh, the legislation enabled contractors to self-certify their own work. And then there's also the warranties. So these new properties come generally with a 10-year new build warranty. So then I found out that the limitations that are on these warranties are considerable. They're full of exclusion clauses. They don't, uh, two thirds of defects in new build properties, according to uh, Oliver's uh, investigation, are not even covered by the warranties. And then you get into the legal protections, which was a, was a whole new uh, area that was, was, was quite shocking. And that I then found that the legislation, consumer protection legislation, that you and I take for granted for just about everything when we buy a toaster or a computer or a fridge, 
land and property is generally excluded from that. So consequently, uh, the contracts that are used by developers are full of exclusion clauses or, or badly drafted, which make it very difficult to hold them to account for building a property to a property standard. And they hide behind the small print, they hide behind the inadequate warranties. And because there's no ombudsman and no easy access to redress, it makes it very, very difficult and very, very costly to do anything about it. Winding back slightly, so when I submitted the quotations to the developer who had said he would stand behind the property, that they asked me for the quotations, when they found that the cost of this lot was about £35,000, they then did a U-turn. Mm. Uh, and then their bully boy uh, lawyers became involved when I threatened court action to get the money. Uh, and we ended up in a very upsetting situation. So, John, there is a real crisis, isn't there, in the building industry at the moment? You've got the cladding issues all over the UK. And now, well, we've obviously, new builds obviously have had a, an issue for a very long time. And I'm very upset to hear what you've been through. And it seems like many, many other people, they've all got hold of you and have joined you on this campaign right through the UK. Now, um, I think we've got to direct everyone to your website. So let's just start with that first of all. How do they get involved and help you, help the campaign? Yeah, well, if they if they want to email me, uh, they can email me at homebuyersfightback at btinternet.com. And they can go onto my Twitter site, homebuyersfightback, and they can then access my uh, Twitter account and my email account post comments on that website, uh, and that would be really, really good. Um, and I've had, I've had a fantastic response because I've received feedback from people, not just in the local area, but as far and wide as Scotland through to the West Country. And it's clear that, you know, the cladding scandal illustrates the mentality of let the victim pay and pass the buck. Right, John, you are um, campaigning, obviously, on your website for Home Buyers Charter and a new homes ombudsman raising, you've raised so far £3,000 through a crowd justice campaign. Absolutely fantastic. What have you learned from this so far and what can you tell future homeowners? I think what I've learned from it is that you have to, you have to approach the whole thing with extreme scepticism and extreme caution. I mean, my house, you know, was described as built by craftsmen, built to high specification and impeccably, impeccably planned inside and out. So my advice is get a really good lawyer uh, who goes through the contract with a fine tooth comb before you sign anything. Make sure that you have a really good surveyor. Survey the property before you even exchange contracts, and that's vitally important that you get the developer or the built house builder to commit to putting everything right prior to exchange and that your contract is such that it means that you subsequently can hold the developer or, how, or builder to account for defects that will inevitably manifest after perhaps 12 months or even two years. And the, third, and the last thing is get your uh, lawyer to explain exactly what is covered and moreover, what is not covered in the warranty, because you'll find that the limitations on the warranty are far greater than you'd imagined. And there's a number of tripwires, you know, so for example, these warranties are supposed to give you some defect cover for two years, 
but actually it's two years from the date that the warranty provider issued the warranty. And if the property has been up for sale for a year, it actually means you only have one year's worth of cover. So there's all sorts of hidden tripwires and mines. And, and certainly it's not just uh, leasehold properties where there's a problem. It's freehold properties as well. The other top tip is to form a, uh, a residence association. So we formed a residence association and of course that's enabled us to share knowledge and experience because we all realise that we've got similar problems across the houses and it means that you have collective power to bring against the developer to try and put things right. John, thank you very much for that. Good luck with everything you've got to do. I, I really hope your situation gets better. I think um, it's just it's appalling and I, I really feel for you and all the homeowners that are going through this. Yeah, that was John Gaskell there talking to me yesterday. He and his wife bought a house in Whittlesford in 2019. And ever since then, they've had enormous, enormous problems with the house and getting the developers to help sort this out. You can listen again to that podcast. I think if you are thinking about buying a house or a home, John gives some excellent advice there and tips on what to do even before you think about buying a house, a new build. I think it's really, really important. And it sounds like he's had some amazing help from local MPs as well.